0: Man,
1: can can one of y'all get the music stand? Yeah, thank you. Good morning. morning. I tell you what, um, it's a good weekend and sometimes you have to be reminded of different things. I was out this weekend or this week, the later part of this week, and um at a conference in Chicago, the Christian Community Development Conference, and one of my heroes, living heroes, was speaking, Dr. John Perkins, and he was speaking about just some gaps that exist in the gospel force, and how many of us have been taught about how to deconstruct the word of God. But has left some holes and gaps in reconstructing the Word of God. And as he was finishing, he went into the song that I remember hearing sung a lot during my childhood in church. He said, What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is that flow. It makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. You know, We've been going through these series and we're continuing. We started out in DTR and what it meant to be a part of the church. And we called you into something for a lot that was so big and so dunked, and you're like, I don't know if I can commit to that. And then we went into the series on parenting and we said, This is what it looks like to parent for God's glory. And you like, man, that seems like so much stuff, and I don't know if we're doing that thing right. And then we went into this series on um, middle manager on money, howling God, um, our finances in a godly manner. And you're like, man, I see some areas of my life that are bent out of shape, and when it comes to the way we handle our money, I don't know if I'm measuring up. And, and now we're about to go into a series on thankfulness, and I'm guaranteeing you that you're going to see some areas in your life where I just— Fall short. And what I want you to know is that there's going to be some gaps that are exposed and there's no method that's going to help close those gaps. Only. The blood of Jesus. So I want you to be encouraged as we go through here and through this series. For all the people that, that, that stand on the stage here at High Chris, I ask of them a couple of things. And one of them is to be transparent about where they fall short with the things that they speak from the stage. To let people know that these things are not out of reach from them. And so they become so overwhelmed about the place where we should be and where God wants us and where we're currently at in our lives. God's blood. The blood of his son, Jesus Christ, that was given for us is enough for all the gaps that exist in our lives. And I need you to know that as we get into this thing this morning. Now, we're going to pick up where we left off, but we're going to do so by entering this new series, Running on Full, Giving Thanks in All Things. And, And this morning, as I speak, you'll see a page number on the screen that correlates to our focal passage And that page number is found in the blue Bibles that are on the page. But here's the deal. If you're here and you need a Spanish Bible, we have those. Raise your hand and our ushers will get you a Spanish Bible um, that you can follow along with in Spanish. If you have kids that need Spanish Bibles, we have kid appropriate Bibles. Our children's ministry have those for our youngest kids. We give them the Jesus Storybook Bible. And so it is a bilingual version that is available so that you can read the scriptures with your kids at home. And then for our uh, next age up, we have the Adventure Bible that we have that in Spanish also. And so see the children's ministry for those. But if you're in here and you need a Spanish Bible in order to follow along, then reach out. Our ushers will get you one of those as we get going. Now, our focal passage for this morning is Psalm 33, and it's found on page 334. Would you join me there if you're not already there? I'll give you a second to get there. There it says this. It says, let the godly sing for joy to the Lord. It is fitting for the pure to praise him. Praise the Lord with melodies on the lyre. Make music for him on the ten-string harp. Sing a new song of praise to him. Play skillfully on the harp and sing with joy. I like how it says to play skillfully but not sing skillfully because that's, that's where I'm at in there. So, to, for the word of the Lord holds true and we can trust everything he does. He loves whatever is just and good. The unfailing love of the Lord fills the earth. The Lord merely spoke And the heavens were created. He breathed the word and all the stars were born. He assigned the sea, its boundaries and locked the ocean in vast reservoirs. Let the whole world fear the Lord and let everyone stand in awe of him. For when he spoke, the world began. It appeared at his command. The Lord frustrates the plans of the nations and thwarts all their schemes. But the Lord's plans. Stand firm forever. His intentions can never be shaken. What joy for the nation whose God is the Lord, whose people he has chosen as his inheritance. The Lord looks down from heaven and sees the whole human race. From his throne, he observes all who live on the earth. He made their hearts so he understands everything they do. Goodness. The best equipped army cannot save a king, nor is great strength enough to save a warrior. Don't count on your warhorse to give you victory for all its strength. It cannot save you. But the Lord watches over those who fear him and those who rely on his unfailing love. He rescues them from death and keeps them alive in times of famine. We put our hope in the Lord He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. Let your unfailing love surround us, Lord, for our hope is in you alone. This is God's word. If I were to ask how many of you would like to develop a thankful, worshipful, worshiping heart, I would guess that most of all of us would say yes. We recognize that it's right to be thankful to to God for his blessings. And and it's even American as we've named a holiday all around being thankful in our country. But while some of us may have already started our, our annual 30 days of thankfulness, Some may view the upcoming holiday seasons to look more like this. Right? Unbearable grocery store lines and and dinners that have failed and and arguments that are had and ungrateful family members and weight gain from overeating and and longer than... um, You should work in regular work hours where people are trying to cram two and a half months worth of work into one and a half months. And and you're seeing all these things happen as you're having to shake hands with people who have just wiped their runny noses. (laughs) I don't know about you, but boy, that one right there. I'm like, we're going to have to chest bump for Jesus. (laughs) Because, man, and being solicited to give and buy every time you turn around. With these things in mind, it's sometimes hard to get into the season. It's hard to have a heart filled with thankfulness. It's, it's hard to ascend to the heights of, of worship when these things happen. As Christians, we realize that it's right to thank God and everything, like it says in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 18. But, be, but before we jump on thanksgiving and the bandwagon of it, we need to understand And we need to realize that genuine thankfulness is intimately connected to trust. We will never truly thank God until we first trust in him. We will not be grateful for all that God has done until we first recognize that we're dependent on him for all that we have. Let me say it again. We won't truly be thankful for all that God has given and done in our lives until we recognize that we're dependent on him for everything that we have. If we think there is something that we have that we've done on our own or gained by our own good strength and gifts and our own work ethic, then we won't be thankful. By nature, we're not trusting creatures. We're we're creatures of necessity. And so we trust God only when things have gotten to the point that they're beyond our natural limits, beyond our bank accounts, beyond our our, uh, ability to handle them ourselves. And that's when we cry out to God. But naturally, we trust in ourselves and our own slick methods. We don't naturally trust God. If we can solve the problem by ourselves, we don't resort to prayer and trusting God because we don't need to trust Him. But it's only when we come to the end of ourselves and cast ourselves in total dependence on the Lord that we begin to experience genuine praise and thanksgiving. Psalm 33 was written to those addressed as godly and pure. I need you to see that. These were people who were actively trying to follow God. They knew the God of the universe, and they said, he is my Lord, and I'm trying to get this thing right. I truly believe that most people are following God the best way they know how, and to the best of their abilities. But that doesn't mean we won't have gaps in our lives. I need you to be encouraged this morning that seeing and being real about the gaps in your life don't mean that you're not trying. It was written to those who were trying to live in lives, who were seeking to please Him in those ways. But even those people need to be encouraged to sing for the Lord and to praise Him. Because you're trying to follow God doesn't mean that you don't need to be encouraged. We all go through times where we're down. Or we're discouraged by things going on, that things aren't going according to plan. And, and we need to be reminded that we can still sing and praise God in those times when life is crumbling all around us. It is thought that David wrote this psalm and David could identify with the feelings Of what he wrote in this song because he had been through many situations when it seems as though everything he could depend on, except for God, had been stripped away. Baby, you're right. You can live him in here. He can talk. (laughs) My son would say amen for me. (laughs) When God did supply, he found himself flooded with thankfulness and praise. And and as David wrote, he wanted to make sure that the readers knew that he had thoroughly considered the topic. And so he put the same number of lines in this poem as there are alphabet in the Hebrew alphabet. He wanted you to know from A to Z that God could be trusted. And some of us need to be reminded that while there is gaps in our walk, there's no gaps in the God that we trust. The author of this psalm wanted his readers to see that our hearts are filled with thanks through a funnel of complete trust in the Lord. So let's dive into it. The first of my points is this. We need to recognize the power in his word. If we're going to trust in God, we have to recognize in the power of his word. Now, what do I mean by this. Now, we've all had those holiday moments that have frustrated us because someone didn't do what they were supposed to do. <laughs> Come on, you with me? You know that person that always shows up ready to eat and they was supposed to bring a part of the meal and all they showed up with was their cell phone in their hand? And they always, all they had was paper plates. They were supposed to bring paper plates and they couldn't even bring the paper plates. They just showed up ready to eat. Tell my, hey, y'all. Maybe y'all don't have family members like that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's why they had the last supper. Let me quit. Let me quit. Let me quit. Let me quit. This is the last one. No. So. You know, they show what number they sell on. But David said the first reason that we can have a thankful heart is because when God speaks, it means something. That, that his words are not empty words, but powerful words. The psalmist says that, that by his word alone, God created all things. As Genesis 1 records eight times, God said, let there be, and it was. It wasn't maybe. It wasn't tomorrow. It wasn't sometime in the future. If we pray about it, you, your parents are bad about that. Mama, are we going to get that, baby, if we pray about it and Jesus don't come back first? Like, look here, look here. When God spoke, it happened. It says in in, in verse 9, it says, "For when he spoke, the world began, it appeared at his command. Creation is a miracle of God's power. He created everything out of nothing by his word alone. He spoke it into existence now the other side of this like with all miracles you can't prove it right you just have to trust and have faith in it and the only other option is to say that everything came into existence out of nothing and created its own order just out of nothing now which side takes more faith they say all this order and creation came out of just nothing on its own and nothing made something now even the songs that tell you that ain't right Nothing from nothing leaves nothing. You got to have something if you want to get with me. <laughs> Which side takes more faith? The psalmist then goes on to say, consider the oceans in verse 7. God assigned to see its boundaries and locks the ocean into vast reservoirs. The only ocean that the psalmist would have made it seem was the Mediterranean or, or the Red Sea perhaps and he would have not known that God had, had filled the earth with two-thirds full of water and locked them all into their boundaries but the psalmist pictures God as piling the waters up as a farmer does with hay in piles and he might have had this image of how God stacked the waters up as the nation walked through the Red Sea and leaving Egypt or he, he might have just looked at the oceans that he has seen and the seas that he has seen and seen how they went just to the coast and not much further but in either way when you consider the splendor of the heavens and of the oceans the conclusion is let the whole world fear the lord and let everyone stand in awe of him for when he spoke the world began it appeared at his command david is going in if you better follow along with David in this passage, because he's going in. But the psalmist doesn't stop there. He says in verses 10 through 12, he says that the Lord frustrates the plans of nations and thwarts all their schemes. But the Lord's plans stand firm. His intentions can never be shaken. What joy for the nation whose God is the Lord, whose people he has chosen as his inheritance. And I want to tell you this. There has been no nation in history that has made God their Lord. This is that gap. That I was talking about earlier. There is a gap that exists. He says that when God makes a plan, it's on lock. When God makes a plan, you don't have to hear well, well what happened was. When God makes a plan, it's not a it's not a wish, but it's a plan. He says, when others plan, it's a hope, and it all depends on what God wants. But when God says it, it's a sure thing. Are you in your word? Because you need to know what's the sure things in your life. When everything else is is faltering and failing you and, and crumbling around you, you need to know what the sure things look like in life. When he says, I'll never leave nor forsake you, you need to know that's a lock. God told Eve that her seed would crush the serpent's head. God told Noah that it was going to rain. God told Abraham that through your seed all the creation would be blessed. God told Moses that this established nation that your people now serve will give you your treasures when they set you free. God told the people that he was going to give them a land possessed by other established nations. God told David that the throne would never depart from his line. When Jesus hung his head on the cross and said that it is finished, The scriptures say that the curtain in the temple was torn from the top to the bottom, meaning that everything that separated God from man had been uh, demolished and and torn away and put away. And now there was no longer a barrier between us. Jesus, fully man and fully God, all at the same time, spoke and it meant something. We can run on full when we realize the power of God's word. Our hearts begin to be ready to feel when we start recognizing the power of God's word, and it continues to do so when we recognize the way that he works. So you need to know the way that he works. And that's some of the problem that we run into without trusting God, because we expect God to work the way that we work or the way a FedEx work, or UPS work, or, or the U.S. Postal System work, or, or our job works. And it just doesn't happen like that. I mean, and our expectations lead to doubt. Think about it. Have you ever had somebody in your life that you just wanted to trust? I mean, you wanted to trust them with all your heart, but, and you gave them chance after chance after chance, but the pattern of behavior in their life always has left you drained because you knew you knew it was always going to be something. You knew that, that they were always going to uh, have a story for you for why they didn't carry through on the thing that they said they were going to do. Well, part of the frustration is that we often entrust people with things that they're not mature enough to handle. We often entrust people with things that they're not mature enough to handle. We make people our gods. And I don't care who it is. It could be your mama. Your mama might be a really good mama, but she makes a lousy God. Your mama can't be your God. Your daddy can't be your God. Your spouse or your kids can't be your God. We entrust things to people that they're not mature enough to handle. But look at why the psalmist says dealing with God leaves us full. Now, we discovered that the psalmist says we begin to th- uh, develop a thankful heart when we recognize the power of his word. But in verse 13, he begins to tell about God's pattern of work. And the first thing we see about the way he works is found in verses 13 to 17. And there he says this. He says, the Lord looks down from heaven and he sees the whole human race. And from his throne, he observes all who live on earth. And he made their hearts so he understands everything they do. The best equipped army cannot save a king. Nor is great strength enough to save a warrior. Don't count on your war horse to give you victory. For all its strength, it cannot save you. He says, God looks down from heaven and sees everyone on earth. Not only does he see their outside, their physical appearance, but he sees their hearts. He made them. He sees them. He knows them, and he even knows why they do what they do. Uh Uh-oh. That's, that's a problem. Like, I don't need God all up in my business like that. <laughs> the psalmist says God sees every person on earth and he knows why they do everything they do. How does that make you feel to know that? That time that you did that, 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 that chore that your wife really gets you and you about, you only did it to get a little extra benefit over here. But you weren't just doing it out of the... Because it was supposed to be done and because you loved her, but you was doing it for some reciprocation of something. Oh. God sees. He knows why we make that annoying sound when we scratch our throats. You know what I mean. He knows why we do it. He knows why Q-tips feel so good in your ear. Even when all the stuff tells you you ain't supposed to put coochie in your ear, you still be like, man, this feels so good. <laughs> he knows why that person you love and when you have given chance after chance after chance just won't change. But get this, he also knows what we, yeah, you and me are trusting in. Let me explain. Look at verses 16 through 17. He says that there is a king going out to battle uh, and it, with what he feels is a mighty army. Is he trusting in the army for victory? God knows. What are you trusting in? There is a soldier, his muscles rippling with strength, mounted on his impressive horse. Is he trusting in his own strength or in the strength of his horse? God knows. The fact is, our human tendency, even as redeemed people, is to perfect our methods and then trust in them. We think if we can just get good enough at sharing the gospel, then I'll share the gospel, because then I'll be good enough to share the gospel. That's why most of us don't share the gospel with people outside the walls of the church. It's because we're waiting to get perfect at knowing the Bible and all the theology and all the methods of sharing before we go share That's why most of us won't serve in certain positions because we're waiting to get perfect at this certain thing that we already know that God has called us to before we start serving. We're trusting in our methods instead of in the God of the universe. God knows. We live in a day that is packed with methods and techniques for how to live the Christian life and how to have a happy family and how to build a successful church. And and of these methods, they are helpful because most of them are rooted in the scripture. But but the. We have to remember there's a danger. Right. So God does work through those methods. He does use that faith in those methods. But we have to remember that here's the danger. The ever present danger is that we plug in the method and trust in them to work instead of using the method's. Why are we trusting God to work? The psalmist is saying that God does not work through man's strength or schemes, but because if he did, then man would get the glory. So if God did what, what, what only you can do in your own strength, you would think, look at how good we are. Look at how good I am. We wouldn't give glory to God. We just don't act like that. Naturally, we want to look at how good I am. Look at this cake I made and how well I bake. Jesus said in John 8, 28, he said, so Jesus said, when you have lifted up the son of man on the cross. Then you will understand that I am he and I do nothing on my own, but say only what the father taught me. In Luke 22, as he faced his his hardest moment, his greatest test of his life in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus said this. Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Jesus was illustrating what David was trying to say in this song. Yes, Jesus did things, but he did not what was his will but what was the father's will he operated not in his strength but in the father's strength he was not trusting in himself but in the father who sent him jesus knew as well as david that god doesn't work through the strength or schemes of man and if we enter this season like we do all the others with some new technique absent of total trust of relying on god then we'll leave it just as empty as we came. If you're trusting in doing the 30 days of thankfulness as a way of becoming more thankful. But you don't see your heart shift toward relying on God. Then you'll leave just as empty as you can because you'll fall short. You'll recognize you'll you'll struggle every day to find something to truly be thankful about. It can't be just in the method alone. It has to be in this heart that is centered in trusting on him. Make your list. The 30 days of Thanksgiving is not a bad thing. But don't forget to totally trust in the spirit of God to change your heart, because only. He can do that. Totally rely on the spirit to give you new eyes to see every situation different. You know, I was on this trip. Man, one of the, 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 one of the principles of CCD, Christian community development, they say if if you're not. Committed to staying for 15 years wherever you go. Then don't go because you'll cause more trouble and more harm than help. They say after three or four years, I I know this from experience, you'll lose all your funding. All the people who were initially excited would normally fall away because it's not the new thing anymore. It takes 15 years Here's, here's, and, and I realized, like, some of the changes I want to see made and different things of that nature here in the community and even within our body, right, I, I had this sense of, it, God, why is this not happening now? And I was becoming impatient, and it was making me hard in some situations. And then me and Joe got to have a minute, and we said, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a 15-year journey for us to see FBC become what God has given us a vision for as we develop this friendship together. And you got to be patient. Remember, this is a crockpot thing. This ain't no hibachi. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you something. A crockpot won't finish it as quickly as a hibachi will. And most of us don't have the skill to use a hibachi. Only God does. When it's time for a quick change, we need to leave that in God's hands. Because most of us will just burn everything in sight. And I realized that I had been impatient with some things. And that impatientness was hurting in other people. I was trusting in my methods. In my giftedness instead of in the God of the universe to change hearts and the spirit of God. And it was causing me to be discontent. Of all the goodness and things that God was doing, I was discontent in what was going on because it wasn't moving as quickly as I thought it should. Man, I, I, I'm let me tell you something. You have to trust in God. The psalmist says this in verses 18 through 19. He says, but the Lord watches over those who fear him. Those who rely on his unfailing love, he rescues them from death and keeps them alive in times of famine. This is the last thing we learn about the way God works. Now, in verse 13, the psalmist says that the Lord sees everyone on earth and he knows why they do the things that they do. But in verse 18, he says that he watches those who fear him in the same way that a parent is seeing all the kids on the playground, but pays special attention to theirs. He says that God favors those who have trusted in him. He pays special attention to them and blesses them. Why why is this important? He says that God looks with favor on those who fear Him and trust in him to deliver them from overwhelming situations. In other words, God's means of working is not to find people with slick methods and bless them, but rather to find people who trust in him and bless them. Most of us are too busy looking for the right method instead of trusting in the right God. These people are not described as strong and self-sufficient. In fact, they're in grave difficulty. They're facing death and famine, as you see in verse 19. People who learn to be thankful must first learn to trust in God. And, And people who learn to trust in God at some point must be stripped of every human prop and idol and false God that they look to instead of God alone for deliverance. Are you being stripped down? Are you being stripped down? David had already been anointed as a king and he was living in a cave. As Paul put it, he says, we are we were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. And we thought we would never live through it. In fact. We expected to die, but as a result, we stop relying on ourselves and learn to rely on God who raises raises the dead. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the grave lives in you. How many of you believe in that this morning? The power of the same spirit that raised Jesus from the grave lives in you. The psalmist ended his piece by saying that those who are ready to have thankful hearts will recognize God's power and they will see the way that he works in three ways. Those who are ready to feel will have patience, they'll have joy, and they'll be consistent in prayer. Let me say this again. Those who are ready to feel will have patience, they'll have joy, and they'll be consistent in prayer. But realize this, that you can't be patient, you can't have persistent joy, and you can't stay consistent in prayer without the power of the Holy Spirit because in your own strength, you will naturally not be able to do it. Can you remain patient? Can you have consistent joy and persistent joy in spite of what's going on? And can you stay consistent in prayer? Trust him to work In your life and watch the meter of your heart move from empty to full. For those who have not trusted God, the first move to see this happen is by stepping across the line of faith. By doing that, you realize that God has a standard and we all fall short of that standard. There is a gap that exists that we cannot cross on our own. That we need him to do. And because that gap exists, we deserve to be punished. But when we were at our worst, he sent his son to die for us. To close the gap, to cover the gap that exists between us. In Him, And those of us who trust in him alone and the sacrifice that he made on the cross alone, not how good we can be, not how many thankful things we post during the month of November on social media, but solely upon him, not on how many good deeds we do, not how many clothing drives we do, not how many toys we give away, but solely on the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, you get the spirit of God living inside of you. You get a relationship with the God of the universe. If you haven't done that in a second, I'm going to pray and give you that opportunity. Now, for those of you who have stepped across the line of faith, but maybe you haven't gone public with your, your faith through the act of baptism, be willing to go public with your faith because it shows another level of trust. You will find that the freedom of declaring your new life direction Also helps you move your life from empty to full. In two weeks, we'll be having another baptism. If that's your next step, then go to the Connection Center afterwards and sign up. We can make that happen. Don't wait. Do it today. Now, for those of you who have stepped across the line of faith and you've gone public. Dig into his word. And find the promises of God that won't fail you. Be willing. Ask for the spirit in prayer to help you be patient. To help you have persistent joy. And to be consistent in prayer even when you don't feel like it. Ask for strength to do what you can't do on your own. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and we love you. We thank you for sending your son to come and fill the gaps in our walks as we try to be obedient. If there's someone here this morning, Father, who's been trying on their own and keep seeing themselves fall short and therefore they have given up hope. Maybe they came today as their last hope, hoping to hear something or find something that would change their trajectory in life. Father, I pray that they would take the step, one, from trusting in themselves to trusting in you, and that your Holy Spirit would invade every area of their lives, but that you would also give them the perseverance when they stumble to still trust to know that you have not left them or forsaken them. If there's some in this room, Father, that they're going through something that is causing them to be less than thankful right now, to to wonder if you can be trusted, I pray that that they would be moved by your Spirit to know that that this is a crockpot situation and this change that is coming about in their life, that your grace is big enough to cover all their sins, all their mess-ups, all the gaps they see in this sin broken world that we're living in father transform us into thankful people people who are able to see all the things that you're doing for us all the things that you've done for us and and be able to praise you in the mundane in the taking out of trash and the folding of clothes and the and the opening of doors and father in the stacking of chairs Help us to be people, Father, that dig into relationships and and find contentment in loving others and being loved by others who are called by your name. So, Father, we thank you on this morning. We bless you in your darling son, Jesus' name. And we pray these things in the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen.